name is Aaron Prince-Staley, and you're listening to the Podcast Preview, where I tell you about a podcast that you're going to love. Today, I'm going to tell you about the Worst Idea of All Time podcast. I'll introduce you to the show's hilarious premise and show you how well it's delivered on by the Worst Idea of All Time's hosts, Tim Batt and Guy Montgomery. Later, you'll hear my full conversation with Tim and Guy. They talk about how they came up with the worst idea of all time, what they think about fellow New Zealanders' Flight of the Concords, and how they feel about being considered a comedy duo. So, what is the worst idea of all time? It's a podcast hosted by Tim Batt and Guy Montgomery, who are two comedians from New Zealand. Before hosting this podcast, Tim Batt came from radio and Guy Montgomery from TV in New Zealand. The concept of the podcast is this. Tim and Guy watch the same movie every week for a year, and then they record a podcast after each viewing addressing the experience. The first movie they chose was the Adam Sandler comedy Grown Ups 2. They watched Grown Ups 2 52 times in a year. They watched Grown Ups 2 52 times in a year. Every single week for a year, they watched Grown Ups 2. And amazingly, they always had something new and funny to say about some little detail in the movie or some twist to make the episode exciting again, which is remarkable. It's a super casual show, which is really great. You really feel like you're hanging out with the hosts, who are just super charming guys. And don't worry, you don't have to watch Grown Ups 2 or any of the movies that they watch to enjoy the worst idea of all time. In fact, Tim and Guy specifically tell you not to watch the movie, which makes imagining what they're talking about all the more fun. It's, it becomes this absurd thing that they invent. By the end of the year, they know the movie front to back, but you don't. But they'll tell you about it in their own twisted way that they've come to see it after a year. Here they are talking about uh, American phone etiquette, wondering if it's a movie trope or real life, uh, thanks to a scene in Grown Ups 2. This, this is a confusing... You, well, it came up because of when Chris Rock's meant to deliver cable to his mother-in-law and the mother-in-law is on the phone to Mayor Rudolph, obviously her daughter. He's a cable man. He's there to install it. It's his sole job for the day. Right. And uh, and she decides, the mother-in-law decides she has to go to the bathroom. So she just goes, I got to run to the bathroom. Love for the children. Hangs out the phone. And you, what did you say? You go, she's got bad phone manners. Yeah. Yeah, because there's there's a little bit of dialogue, and I'm I'm sorry that I forget it word for word. I should know it by this point, but I forget exactly what she says before then. But she rattles off a bunch of dialogue, and then says, "I got to go to the bathroom." Love to the love children. to the children. Doesn't wait for a goodbye. Doesn't wait for uh, an acknowledgement that the person on the other end of the phone has heard what she has to say or cares or anything, and then just hangs up the phone. But that the thing with that is it is that is commonplace. In American cinema, I remember when I was younger, I was always absolutely taken aback. You'd watch, say, a high school movie or a teen movie, and uh, the two, the the traditionally your, your female and male romantic interests, the male would pitch to the the love interest. He'd say, "Hey, so we'll meet. Okay, so we'll I'll I'll, I'll meet you for coffee at eight, and she'll go, "Yep," and then they'll both hang up the phone. And in my head, all I can think about is. How the fuck are they going to wind up at the same coffee shop at 8 o'clock? They have not discussed exactly. any of the point. details. Very good point. Neither of these people know where they're meeting. This is often before the time of text. Like, it's the, the communicating exactly the details of, of, the, of the arrangement. Isn't so, this? here's the question. Because we live in New Zealand, 
Is this simply a trope that's used in our cultural products which are imported into our country via the medium of film and television? Or is, it a trope of or is all this film genuinely how Americans oh. communicate to each other? I feel no, like I think on Shortland a, Street think, they don't talk like that. No. Do you know what it is though? Is it's it's too it's too finicky and fidgety, isn't it? If you had these two characters in a film and then they spent about ten to fifteen seconds of their time with dialogue going, Okay, well how about we meet at Benita's cafe? At eight o'clock uh, next Tuesday, is that good for you? The other character goes, "Oh, actually, no. I've got a, I've got a, um, a doctor's appointment that Tuesday morning. Could we do Wednesday?" And then the other one goes, "Hey." Oh. And then, and then the other one goes, "When's your dental appointment? Two thirty this year." Tim and Guy upped the ante from Grown Ups Two, which is an hour and a half long comedy from Adam Sandler, to Sex in the City Two which is a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie about sex in the city and apparently not even a good delivery on that premise. Uh, Tim and Guy will tell you in this year's podcast episodes, uh, especially when they have guests who are familiar with the television show, which they are not, that uh, it, it's not a good Sex in the City movie. I talked to Tim and Guy earlier this week. I'm here with uh, Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery from The Worst Idea of All Time podcast. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Don't mind if I do. Pleasure to be here, Aaron. My name's Tim Bat, and I'll be introducing Guy Montgomery today. He's a tall drink of water, hailing from uh, originally Wellington, New Zealand, God's Zone, in the South Pacific, a beautiful island nation home to about 4 million people. Uh, right now, Guy's adorned in cool shades, and his hair's a little fuzzy, but good. Uh, the reason why we're here is because we do a podcast, and Guy's going to tell you all about it. Uh, I feel like you got more than you uh, bargained for there, Aaron. Uh, I, this is Guy Montgomery talking now. That was Tim Bat talking before. I'm going to introduce him. Uh, he's the other half of the Worst Idea of All Time podcast, a podcast in which we watch and review the same movie every week for a year. We first did this with Grown Ups 2, the 2013 Box office smash starring Adam Sandler and friends, and we are currently embroiled in an ongoing wrestle with the behemoth that is Sex in the City 2. Now, Sex in the City 2, that's a brutally long movie you guys talk about on the show. Are you guys wearing down at this point? You going to make it through to the end? <laughs> oh, yes, Aaron. Like, you wouldn't even believe. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of like, it's a bit nightmarish, to be honest. It's not fun um, at this point. All of the fun has left. It's a true trudge. Uh, luckily, we've only got somewhere in the neck of the woods of half Five. a dozen watches left. Five watches, as that it stands at the doable. moment. Well, it's still about 14 hours worth of Sex in the City 2, which is about 14 hours more than I feel I could do with. But, um, you know. It, yeah, it's, it's actually gone almost beyond being not fun into the realm of something different, which is, like, it, it's not that... It's not that it's just not fun anymore. It's that it's actually impossible to interface with the movie. If you could imagine running into, say you have a nemesis in real life and you reach a point where your fury with your nemesis is so white hot that you actually just black out and couldn't even consider communicating with them face to face. That's kind of like what it is to sit down and watch Sex in the City 2 now. So at this point you hate Sex in the City 2 more than anything else in the entire world and you have to sit down and watch it once a week. It's there's almost uh, I think there was a period of that, and I think now we're almost into like a numbness with it, um, where the sensory systems have shut down somewhat. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. We are what Pink Floyd was singing about. 
I, I when I, yeah. So when I say that we can't really interface with it, that does yeah. It is generally uh, moving on from fury to just sort of we're almost catatonic. It's like um, time slows down and everyone in the room is disarmed, and it's, it's just it's like the opposite of being in love. <laughs> Whatever you imagine for being in love, it's the inverse of that. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys have been through the rigmarole with, with Grown Ups 2 already. Do you recognize, like, the stages of grief with this where you're like, all right, I know I'm in this phase now. I know it's going to start lighting up here, get worse here. Uh, it's Yeah, it's, certainly there are aspects of that, but it's a completely different beast. And I think this is what we found out and also our listeners found out in between the two seasons is that Grown Ups 2, it was uncharted waters the whole way. We'd never done it before. We didn't know what to expect. And in Sex in the City 2, part of the reason we chose it is because it was so unspeakably long. We thought that it was the funniest possible option, like the funniest <laughs> possible reveal. But we soon learned that just made for a worse experience. And um, accordingly, it's very difficult to measure the two journeys against each other because like, at this point last year, I feel like we were sort of we felt like uh you know tourists or mountaineers coming down the mountain um whereas this year it feels like we're still sort of halfway up the mountain and just lost with no compass and no bearings well sure you're halfway up the mountain but you're also what 44 episodes in 45 yeah but it's hard it, it doesn't feel like we can chart the journey as clearly it, it's not um a linear track it's more of a <laughs> maybe parabolic curve if i'm using the math term correctly i'm confident i'm not but um, <laughs> i'll stand by it it's a parabolic journey aaron well the other problem with that metaphor is you guys could still freeze before you hit the summit here and that is true of us also uh, <laughs> the metaphor stands yeah you should, it may defeat us <laughs> yet in the final five you shouldn't go throwing around uh, parabolic metaphors, Tim, without first knowing whether or not the radio host knows more about parabolas than you. Yeah, that, or mountains, for that matter. <laughs> it's true. I don't, I don't know too much about either, so I think we're about on the same footing there. Um, do you guys watch any other movies anymore, or is this your whole <laughs> life, and you can't sit in front of a screen for any longer than you have to? No, well, we definitely... I think we, we try to go to as many movies as we can to try and... Um, sort of water down the effect that Sex in the City 2 every week has. But the, the tricky thing is, is um, all movies seem good now because they're just, yeah. uh, whatever we're watching, it's not Sex in the City 2. So, yeah, it's tricky. Cleanse it's tricky to gauge. Exactly. Well, it's kind of like if you just had to eat um, nothing but uh, raisins day in and day out, <laughs> and then someone gives you a banana and you're like, this is a taste sensation. And bananas are okay, but it's just the fact that it's not raisins anymore, you know? Yeah, but if someone tells you you have to eat raisins for two hours and 20 minutes once a week and then hands you a banana. <laughs> yeah. I would, if someone told me I had to eat raisins for two hours and 22 minutes a week, I would tell them that sounds so stupid and arbitrary. Why would anyone eat that many raisins? And no one would ever watch that. And this is why metaphors work when you don't mix them with the literal <laughs> definition. So what I'm getting here is you guys carry 220 raisins up a mountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got it. And a, a parabolic par- <laughs> kind of curve. Exactly. And now we're going to kill a donkey with a nail and freeze to death. <laughs> That's great. Um, you guys watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. 
you got to take a break from Sex and the City 2 and watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 with the brothers McElroy for the uh, the uh, Death Blart podcast. What is that full name of that one again? Firstly, I hate to correct you, Aaron, but it wasn't a break. It was an addition to it. <laughs> we, were, we were laying some more on the, uh, the steaming pile. You didn't get to take a week off of uh, Worst Idea of All Time for American Thanksgiving? Certainly not. Nothing... Nothing has stopped. This is one thing I was talking to someone the other day about. One thing I'm proud of is nothing has stopped us putting out uh, an episode a week, or at least recording one. Sometimes there's internet issues if we're overseas or something, but nothing sure. has stopped us watching the movie since we began once a week. And we've been in different continents, different hemispheres, but we get it done. Um, the name of that podcast, by the way, is Till Death Do Us Blart. How did that come about? Did you guys throw that at the McElroys? Or did it come... The McElroys being the McElroy brothers, who uh, also do the My Brother and My Brother and Me podcast. Uh, was that your guys' idea, or was did that come from them? That was sort of... Um, you know, you hear a lot about these fusion restaurants where they'll take the foods of two different cultures and uh, turn it into a new thing. We were lucky enough to actually meet and spend time with the McElroy brothers at LA Podfest uh, in September of last year. And we'd all been friends on the internet, but never actually spent any FaceTime in real life. And uh, wouldn't you know it, we got along like a house on fire. Uh, that is say, a house that welcomed the fire. Everyone was very friendly. And we sort of were throwing around ideas about a, a joint project. I actually, do you remember, Tim? I can't. No, I can't trace the remember. origins of the idea, and I don't want to. You know, I think it's just <laughs> a, a lovely origin story that we no one lays ownership over it. Yeah. Although one of the McElroys might, maybe Justin will be like, "I thought of it, you dummies." <laughs> I uh, think a great idea. I think Travis has taken credit for the Death Blart hashtag, but I haven't heard yeah. any credit from anybody else. Um, Till Death to Us Blart, in terms of a title, either came from Justin or Griffin, and I'm trying to remember which, but I can't remember. Okay. I think that happened live in the podcast, though. I think we named it in the episode. No, I think it was there was a sort of a pre, there was a preamble before we were recording because we were oh, trying to sort out tech the specs. Because right. I was very insistent on calling the first episode "Blart Off." Uh, I thought <laughs> it was a really good title, but I don't know that that got over the line. Wow. You guys have to watch a movie every year for this worst idea of all time, and then Paul Blart Mall Cop Two once a year, every American Thanksgiving until you die for the. Uh, the uh, Till Death Till Do Us Blart, Blart show. Yeah. When do you think that Paul Blart one's going to become worse than whatever um, movie you're watching? So the, there's an interesting uh, additional wrinkle to Till Death Do Us Blart, which is that when we, we all have to nominate a person to take our place when we die. So when one of us passes away, a partner or representative from that person will then step into the role. Um, so theoretically, that podcast is going to go forever. Uh, until the end of linear time. Yeah, and accordingly, I think it's a good question. I think that someone, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or in conversation, but there was a terrifying prospect where someone said, you know, what do you think by the end of your life you will have seen more, Sex in the City 2 or Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? And I think that was the sort of, um, the moment where it came crashing down on me that we are beholden to this thing forever. Mm. Uh, but I think that watching Paul Blart will always be better than the same thing every week because annually you've got so much scope to forget the plot and things that have happened. And it's sort of, you know, once a year comparatively to the commitment of once a week is nothing. I I can't do maths um, at all, (laughs) but it's, you know, one out of 52 as opposed to 52 out of 52. I've done some fractions there. Well done. Thank you. Stay in school. Don't go into podcasts. (laughs) 
Once a week is brutal, man. I don't know how you guys do it. Neither do we. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the origins are it was just a fun little side project that we could do because we wanted to be funny together and there was no sort of platform, so we made it ourselves. And then it's the, I think, I don't know, why do you keep going, Tim? Um, ooh, I think I do feel a little responsibility because we've got a few people listening now who are quite on board with it. So I feel like I'd be letting people down if um, we yeah, didn't keep going. That's that's true. But before then, because there was a long period when no one was listening and still we kept that going. That was humour. That was just the, <laughs> like, this is a ridiculously stupid way to, for me to spend my time. It's like shouting into the abyss. Just doing this dumb project where we watch a movie once a week, every single yeah. week, and no one's tuning in. <laughs> like, that's funny to me. So I would almost be more inclined to do something if no one was listening because of the sheer... <laughs> like humor of that situation yeah well i don't know because uh, a friend of ours who has a podcast called the comedian's comedian he's a british comic called stuart goldsmith when he heard about our podcast told us about one by a guy called richard herring who's a very established and uh funny british comic and i can't remember what his one's called but it's a game of snooker that he's playing against himself <laughs> and uh it's it's actively trying to shed listeners. So the sort of the premise of the podcast <laughs> is he will keep recording and releasing it until no one is downloading it. Um, wow! And so he's just in this ongoing game of snooker against himself once a week. <laughs> and I feel like that is in essence the only logical bedfellow to in terms of just how arbitrary and pointless it is. But the thing is. Because it's so pointless, it has time. You have time to reflect on itself, which is where some of the most interesting stuff comes out of. I think. Well, I gotta say, you guys have one of the best, just on a purely comedy value of the concept alone. You guys are right at the top. I think, as far as right up there with the Paul Blart, the uh, Till Death Do Us Blart, and this one that you're telling me about now. Uh, I I gotta say, I laughed. I knew the show was gonna be good before I listened to it, and I was pleasantly surprised it was better than I even could have hoped, guys. I really enjoy the show. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, before you started doing the show, and correct me if I'm wrong on the timeline here, you, Tim, you were on radio in New Zealand, and Guy, mm. you were on television, is that right? That is correct. You got it. Were you guys doing comedy, or were you non-com folks uh, there and then did comedy separately from that no we both did stand up so i had been i went and lived in canada for a year mostly in toronto where i was uh vigorously consuming any open mic available and tim was uh doing the same thing in new zealand and i came back for work and sort of work over road doing comedy a bit but comedy has certainly been underpinning both of our careers the whole time yeah, we've definitely, so like the TV that guy was doing was comedy really and sort of entertainment. You'd, that'd yeah, be a yeah. fair thing sure. to say. Eh? And the, I, I, was, I was working at a, uh, like a rock station and it was, I, I was working with a guy who made a lot of um, really hilarious TV in the early 2000s. So like we were both doing comedy in our respective fields. Um, and also doing a bit of, I was doing a bit of stand-up guy, I was doing quite a lot of stand-up and then, yeah came together to do, to do this. We actually, I did some stuff on Guy's TV show that he was hosting. So when he came back from Canada, um, he came back for a show called You Late and I uh, went on there to review public restrooms uh, and what we called the <laughs> Lou Review. 
and it was a it was a hit. It was a great segment. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was. It fast found an audience. Um, but what we also fast found out within seven months of the show going live was that uh, a television program largely predicated around the reviewing of public restrooms uh, is not a sustainable business model. And uh, <laughs> the whole channel got shut down, um, you know, for, for a litany of other reasons. Wasn't just, <laughs> I'm sure there was other yeah, stuff yeah. than my one-a-week segment. Uh, you don't uh, think the Lou, was, review, Lou Review sunk the whole channel? Well, well yeah, I would I mean, love to be able to claim that. You know, <laughs> different people have different theories. But more or less what happened at the conclusion of that was Tim and I had uh, developed a very enjoyable rapport and we're looking for uh, another outlet. Um, and that's when the podcast was born was because the previous platform we'd had, which was the TV show, had been shut down. And uh, we took to the to the internet. Do you guys still do stand-up now? Yes. So... Um, We're real good at it too now. Yeah. We've been going for a little while. (laughs) We are the absolute business. No, so stand-up comedy to me sort of overrides everything. What I would like to be the best at of all the things I do is stand-up comedy. Um, And the the podcast was and still is to an extent, although it's kind of become larger than anything else I've been involved in, just a fun side project. Um, But it's been very gratifying in terms of I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival last year, which is a big... Huge, like the biggest arts slash comedy festival in the world, and the show I was doing a show every day, and every day there'd be people at the end of the show who would come up and say, "Hey, I just want to say I love the podcast." And so, to see the two kind of be able to feed off each other, and that people can find our comedy just because of the podcast, is uh, as someone who wants to do stand up for a living, very very satisfying. That's really cool. Do you guys do anything together outside of the podcast? Do you guys do sketch together or, or tandem stand? A tandem stand-up's not a thing. But do you guys perform on stage together at all or work together in any other way right now? We we don't enough. Like we kind of we work on some things together. We've um, we're going to be doing an ad campaign later this year in New Zealand for something like kind of as a duo. And uh, we both ran a comedy venue last year in our comedy festival here in new zealand and we're doing the same this year so we kind of work on projects together but we've only attempted like a um double act on stage once and it was a lot of fun but yeah we're, we're both cognizant of the fact that we should probably develop something yeah we've got together and we, we have can wheel out we we constantly have ideas that we sort of um try and get made but the th- it's quite you know we're both also busy trying to earn enough money to um, keep eating food and being able to drink beer if we so feel like it. And so yeah. uh, in between doing the podcast and that, that, it can be difficult to clear the time because obviously from concept to execution, you know, a timeline for these things can be, you know, anywhere. But it's like, I think the merit of the podcast and why it's been such a success is uh, Tim was like, we were talking about it and then Tim was just, pulled the trigger he was like okay we'll record it the next day and there was no he- there was no hesitancy and no time for us to second guess the best way to go about it or whatever it was just to go ahead and do it and i feel like in saying it out loud now actually that's probably what is preventing us from doing other stuff together is that we <laughs> we sort of over intellectualize it and think of you know yeah because you want everything to be a success which is just a dumb unrealistic idea you, you want gotta- everything to be great you want everything yeah to be hugely popular and successful and stuff but i think it's far better to just make a lot well i mean you've got you've got to have a level you've got to have a standard of what you're making but you also i think um too many people let 
that consideration get in the way of what could be great or you just keep fanging out ideas you never know what's going to catch fire if you just try lots of things and four out of the five fail we still got one thing that's cool do you guys consider yourselves a duo uh certainly i consider myself a man and an individual (laughs) and uh a feminist with agency and (laughs) occasional snappy dresser yeah uh tim sort of cut me off there i was saying certainly not um Absolutely not. So, uh, through the through the means of this podcast, absolutely we're a duo, and certainly this podcast uh, sort of precludes any other individual success we've had. But I would say, I would still identify as a stand up first and a podcast a second. And um, we've been presented I'll, to the yeah. world, I think, as a duo, uh, accidentally, which is fine. But out, outside of the yeah realm of this podcast, we're definitely two separate yeah, humans that's right outside of uh recording the podcast and doing this interview i steadfastly <laughs> refuse to spend any face time with tim do you guys feel like you get compared a lot to the other new zealand comedy uh pair of gentlemen you can say joe you yeah, can I, say I, it. I de- well I you're de- not a duo who, though to whom yeah, that, are you referring <laughs> the flight of the concords guys are uh Kind of oh, the you talk about main... Fallon Gadsby. What's that? <laughs> no. Never mind. It was a deep <laughs> New Zealand cut. It's <laughs> a joke yeah. that no one outside this country would get, and most people in New Zealand would possibly not get either. So Ignore the it. okay, the flight of the Concords guys are the kind of the the big New Zealand outpost in America. Do you guys run into that a lot when you're in American media? Do do they get brought up a lot? Yeah, I think so. I mean. And for good reason. They are, by all means, the benchmark of a New Zealand comedy team or duo in any, of any variety going over and doing well for themselves. And I, um, naturally, because they're talented, more talented, funnier, and successful than us, welcome the comparison. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We're like always stoked if uh, people bring them up because it's like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> wear that. That yeah. much more talented <laughs> group of individuals making yeah. comedy. If sure, we're on the same. If you look at any of our promotional material, it pretty much is just a series of quotes from different outlets that say, like Flight of the Concords. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I, I understand it. It's obviously the most identifiable benchmark for a New Zealand comedy duo coming over to America. But what we do is pretty, you know, it's, it's pretty different uh, from what they've done. And yeah, well, other than the like, country, there's there's not really much in common, and the fact that there's two of you and you're both kind of white guys, there there's no real other comparison between you guys and them, I would say, except for the fact that you're just as funny as they are. Whoa, we will be crucified <laughs> in New Zealand if this interview gets back. Yeah, they'll um they'll shove us in Tasmania if they find out anyone said that. <laughs> it's blasphemy. Um, no, what it is, uh. I don't know what the second half of this Well, I think was. because they, <laughs> they 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 rode through a slightly more, or what was a slightly more conventional path to um, the HBO show, which was they were a musical duo in New Zealand who did very well here, and then they went and performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for several years and got discovered there. They did they stuff got a, on BBC. Yeah, they got a BBC radio show commissioned, which was built around their songs and character like characters on stage. And through that, eventually they made it in America, whereas we... Uh, we sort of uh, circumvented all of the hard work element and just started doing a moronic project which we'd watch and review an Adam Sandler film every week. And um, pretty much just by virtue of 
it being on the internet uh, have been discovered? Like, how did you how did you even find how did you find out the podcast exists? I found out about you guys from a Facebook group that I'm in. Shout out to the Foam Corner. Uh, I'm in there, and it's a it's all dedicated to comedy podcasts. And uh, you know, they mentioned you guys all the time, along with you know how did this get made and comedy bang bang and uh, Jordan Jesse Go and all these other comedy podcasts that I'm really into. So I said, well, I got to give this show a shot. This sounds great. Oh, well, that's that's wonderful, and that's another thing um, because we've actually heard of the the foam corner. Shout really? out to the foam corner. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's sort of a testament to the the commitment of podcast fans. Uh, like, I feel like obviously I haven't been fortunate enough to have fans in any other medium yet, but uh, the sort of I think the connection between podcasters and the fans is really such a personal listening experience. It um. You know, if you find one you like, you really do, you know, because we're fans of a slew of podcasts ourselves. It really gets you hook, line, and sinker, and you do fully get on board with whatever the show may be in, in a way that is uh, maybe not so possible with a, or like in terms of connectedness with a TV show or a movie because... Or even a stand-up comedian. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, we had an interesting phenomenon with, uh, we met Paul F. Tompkins, and there was, we'd never met him before. But because he had been listening to our podcast and we listened to his podcast, we kind of like already instantly knew where each other were coming from and stuff. And, and, and yeah. it's like we were old friends, which was super lovely. Yeah, uh, because in what other world would you meet Paul F. Tompkins and not just be entirely intimidated by meeting one of your comedy heroes? That's really cool, guys. Well, I'd like to thank you for talking to me for my show. Um I'm talking to Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery from the Worst Idea of All Time podcast. You guys watched Grown Ups 2 every week for a year. You watched Sex in the City 2 every week. And you are getting close to the end of it for this year. Can I ask, are you excited? Are you dreading what is coming next for year three of the Worst uh, Idea of All Time? It's uh, as, as always at this time of the year, there's a lot of conversation between us about maybe... Um, you know, doing something we love, like like not doing the podcast. <laughs> uh, but as as Tim said earlier, there's a whole there's a slew of people who are interested now. So it's um, we're sort of cutting it pretty close to the bone in terms of decision making. It'll be right up until week fifty two before we know exactly what the plan will be, and even then we might take longer. Hand on heart, we honestly, and we neither of us are sure what'll happen. But um, what is what is very exciting it's very exciting to be done with this yeah. god awful movie <laughs> uh and more than that we are riding the coattails of the podcast to the motherland or your motherland uh america um <laughs> we're going to be doing we're we're going to finish with a live event in new york city uh so that in itself is tremendously tremendously exciting have you guys announced that yet uh, we have announced it. We've just started. We've just announced it on the podcast, but we haven't actually uh, locked down the speci- specifics of it yet. So, beyond the fact that we're going to do a live event on March third in New York City, uh, we can't really give away much more than that. All right, sounds good to me. I'll keep an eye out for those those tickets when they come on sale. I'd love to see that. Oh, we'd um, love to see you there, Aaron. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Really great to talk to you. Uh, where can we find you guys online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Guy underscore Mont. That's M-O-N-T. And uh, I'm on Twitter, Tim underscore Bat. That'll do. 
Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having us, Aaron. It's been lots of fun. Thanks, Aaron. Keep it breezy. Thanks for listening to the podcast preview. Our new art is by my brother, Ellie Staley. And you can see more of his art on the Instagram for his skateboard company, Phantom Limb Skateboards, at phantom underscore limb underscore skateboards. Do you want to talk about a podcast? Is there a show you think I should recommend? You can email me at thepodcastpreview at gmail.com or send me a message on Facebook or Twitter at Podcast Preview. I'm Aaron Prince-Staley. Talk to you next week. Bye.